Hello, happy Wednesday. I'm Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and I'm here as usual to talk about everything that's going on at Stillmeyer Games recently. Um, I have a few things I want to lead off with real quick. Hopefully, you won't miss out on these if you join the live cast a little late. First is a fun question, so let's start out with that. Uh, I posted this on Instagram a few minutes ago because I played disc golf in pretty cold weather in St. Louis this past weekend, and it's getting even colder in St. Louis this weekend. What is the coldest outdoor temperature? What is your threshold that would allow you to still go outside and do an outdoor sport or activity? What's your what's the lowest temperature that you would do that with? Um, I don't know if I necessarily have an answer for myself yet, but I'm curious about your answer. Uh, also, if you're watching this, you might notice that the quality, hopefully you notice the quality is a little bit more. I, I upgraded StreamYard to the professional plan to allow for 1080 uh, streaming. So it's it's high definition now or even more high definition than it was before. I think it was 720 before. So hopefully you're seeing the difference. Hopefully on live stream it still works. I'm guessing there might be um, some lags or buffers as a result, but we'll see how that works out. Um, Garrett says, uh, are the Wormspan rubber playmat stitched? They are not. Here's the Wormspan rubber playmat right here. And I don't believe that any of the playmats that we make that are individual player mats like this, uh, opposed to a giant playmat for the entire table, I don't believe that any of them are double stitched. I could be wrong about that. But we didn't double stitch here because it really takes up quite a bit of room on the edge. It would have caused us to make this mat so it doesn't overlap with any printing, caused us to make it too big to actually fit in the box. And so we didn't want to do that. Um, and we really have not found that the rubber play mats we make peel up at the edges. I think the, the risk of that happening is much higher for a giant shared play mat. And for those, we do double stitch all of our edges. Yeah. Um, I am happy to answer any Wormspan questions that you have. I've revealed, I think, everything that's in the game at this point. So I'll, I might go through the box and just show you stuff in a few minutes. Um, I did have one other question to lead off, especially for Stillmeyer ambassadors who are watching this. That's a program you can sign up for if you want to sign up for Stillmeyer Games. Adjusting my shirt here a little bit. But the uh, I'm, I'm trying to bring attention to my shirt because you all asked us to make a Stillmeyer Games polo. Uh, because currently, normally we have this shirt. This is our standard ambassador shirt. You asked us to make a polo, and I'm wondering what you think about this polo. Um, I think it's this is a medium. I usually wear either medium or small. I think I veer a little bit towards small. And so this isn't, I, I think I could go down a size with this. It, it feels a little baggy. This is a medium. But the material is nice. Um, I like it, so, and I like the color, too. So I'm curious what you think about this polo shirt, if you were interested in it as a Stillmeyer ambassador, if this is what we should pursue for the next Stillmeyer ambassador shirt. Let's see. Um, Valerie says, negative uh, 50 degrees Celsius is normal at night. And wow, that is, that is incredible. We, you wouldn't go outside in that temperature, right, Valerie? But would you go outside? You said mentioned minus 15 here as well. Would you go outside in minus 15 and hang out just for fun, you know, to, to play a sport, to watch a sport, to watch an activity? to go to the, I don't know, to take a walk, anything like that. Uh, Ian also says he's in Ontario, so he can go out in pretty low temperatures. Um, Carlos says, reading all the written material now available, it's clear that everyone involved Wormspan is very passionate about the project and dragons. Thank you, Carlos, for, for recognizing that. There is so much time and passion and effort and love that went into creating Wormspan. Um, yeah, so I, I appreciate you mentioning that. Tim says, do you have a shipping update on the revised sieves? I, I do. Um, I actually didn't get an update from my coworker. Maybe Joe is watching this and can chime in. 
But as far as I know, everything is going as planned, which means that shipping has started in the US, Canada, and Australia. Um, Europe is a little slow right now due to uh, war and pirates. And so in Europe, the shipping container shouldn't arrive until late next week, or maybe maybe mid next week. Hopefully, we'll start to see some fulfillment happening by the uh, by the end of next week. And we're also seeing that as the case for Wormspan. Wormspan was supposed to arrive in January in Europe. That doesn't look like it's going to happen um, because a lot of shipments are either going through the Red Sea or they are going all the way around Africa to get up to Europe and the uh, United Kingdom. So. Um, Anyway, Europe is going to be a little bit slower due to things that are unfortunately out of our control. But uh, but other regions should be actively shipping now at this point. Just because you haven't, you may not have gotten your shipping notification. That that might be the case for you, Tim. But fulfillment um, uh, centers are actively shipping stuff uh, as fast as they can. Let's see, I'm seeing some good feedback about the polo. It's also okay if you don't like the polo. I, I would say it's. I, I'm inviting that sort of feedback right now. If you don't like the color, if you don't like the fit. As far as you can tell, let me know. We are probably going to, um, I'm going to share this with ambassadors. You might be watching this in the future because I am going to share this in the Stonemeyer ambassador update in uh, about a week. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of poll interest then more formally, but it's okay to send me any sort of feedback that you have about it. Dominic says, I would love to see the Wormspan insert. I don't think it's been revealed yet. There actually is no insert in Wormspan. Um, instead, we just included two containers. Uh, this kind of allows us to have more space in the box for future Wormspan stuff, if we decide to do that. We really don't have anything planned or in the, planned or in the works. But uh, here are the two containers that come with Wormspan. These are the realistic, or not realistic, these are the wooden resources. This is a part of a deluxe add-on. These aren't included in the game. These speckled eggs are included in the game, and both containers are included in the game. This is the same container mold that we used for Libertalia. They're, they're pretty good containers. They're scoopable. They're easy to open. Um, they stay closed really well. Yeah. Let's see. Ian says, is the Polo only going to be for Stillmeyer ambassadors? Good question, Ian. A any product that we sell, including stuff for ambassadors, will be on our website or our web store. Um, we, we don't block people from seeing stuff. And we can't really do that. And we don't want to go out of our way to do that. So uh, it probably won't, probably won't be openly advertised to everyone, um, but it will be on our web store. At some point in the future, probably about two months, because we'll pull for interest and then we'll make it and then we'll put it on the web store. Yeah. George says, please make sure it will be and feel extra special. Yes, absolutely, George. Yeah, we actually, I've gone through a few different material types and I really like this material type. There was a previous material type that I didn't like as much. Um, if there's something about the shirt that you think doesn't, uh, look or feel special, let me know. But I will say personally, I really like the color. I really like the feel of it. The fit, the only thing I ha have about it is that the fit is a little big. And so I'm gonna recommend to people that they size down. This is a medium, let's see it's a little baggy. I will probably size down to a small and I'll be happy with that. <laughs> Monkey Butler says they want a Stomar bowling shirt now. <laughs> Dusty says pirates, those Libertalia cosplayers are going too far. Uh, Valerie confirms that minus 35 to minus 50 is a normal day. And that Celsius is a normal day where she is. Uh, she says, we have, we have lots of winter fun, like snowmobiling, skiing, snowboarding. It's a dry cold, so it doesn't go through your clothing like southern winters. I can see that. My coworker Susanna is chimed in here as well, chiming in to say hi. Um, Chad says, is the logo printed or, or embroidered? It is embroidered, not printed. 
George says, how is the shipping for EU going for the tapestry sieves? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they haven't arrived yet. They are, they are due to arrive sometime in the middle of next week, is our hope due to all the you know war and piracy and things like that. Nate says, what improvements, corrections, or balance changes that showed up in Wingspan expansions were you able to include in the Wormspan base game with the benefit of hindsight? I wouldn't say any uh, any corrections. Uh, Wormspan is not a game about correcting what was in Wingspan. Um, but there are lots of little things, and you can see them in the FAQ. I'll try to poke out a few of them here, but you can see a big list in the FAQ about things that we learned from in Wingspan that we did a little bit differently in Wormspan. One example of that is uh, in, uh, in, in Wormspan, and I'll show you some of this stuff on, on a player map. Um, in Wormspan, we got rid of uh, once-between-turns abilities. We found that there are a lot of questions. We tend to get a lot of questions, a lot of misunderstandings about once-between-turn abilities. So we don't have them in the game. Instead, we have when played, if activated, end of round, and end of game. Um, two, one of the most common confusions in Wingspan is uh, the egg cost at the top here. So the egg cost at the top of some columns in Wingspan only applies when you play a bird into that column. But you would be surprised by how many people, including maybe you right now, don't feel bad if this is a mistake that you make, but a lot of people think that to activate a bird, not play it, but activate a bird as you go down a row in Wingspan, you need to pay that egg cost. You don't, you only pay it when you play the bird. That's a common confusion. So we wanted to, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not even posting questions here. There's a question. Sorry about that. Sometimes I forget to do that. Um, there's there's Nate's question. Uh, sometimes, we, we, uh, sometimes people mess that up. And so in Wormspan, instead of having a played cost, we have at, as part of the excavate cost, and we put it right up there. We say what, plus one egg to excavate. It's right there in the cost, uh, in the column. So you can't mistake that. One last thing, and there are other things, but I'm just going to mention one here, is that in, in Wingspan, it is not possible for you to lay eggs on your first turn. There's no birds for you to lay eggs on. And we probably could address that in Wingspan by saying that players start with a bird on their player map. Maybe we'll do that in the future. But we address that in Wormspan by just putting a place where you can store eggs on your player map. So you don't even need to have dragons that can store eggs. Uh, they're right here on the player map for you to store two eggs from the beginning of the game, which is particularly helpful because you do start the game with one egg. You get one egg at the beginning of each round in Wormspan. Those are a few key differences that we learned from from lots of feedback, lots of experience with Wingspan. Uh, Joshua says he's loving Clementine's watercolor art against our Wallace Better Judgment. We've already purchased three original paintings. Wow, Joshua, that's awesome. I'm glad you like them so much. He says it's been fun looking for their cards to be revealed. I, I'm with you. I, I, I adore Clementine's art. Here's the back here. It's this beautiful watercolor art. And I actually don't think the camera does it justice. I filmed a video recently. I posted a lot of videos about Wormspan, including my favorite mechanism, um, one showing three quick turns and one comparing Wingspan and Wormspan. In the three quick turns video, it, it kind of looks like some of the dragon cards are black and white, but they aren't at all. I mean, they, they really aren't. In fact, I think this is one of the ones that shows up there. Let's see if, we, if you can see it. This is my webcam that you're looking at now. You can see this isn't black and white. There are some purples there, but it appears on my phone camera on that, that video I filmed in black and white, which is very odd. And it is not a black and white illustrated game. There are over 250 illustrations in this game of, uh, of the caves and the dragons. And uh, none of them are black and white. There are some, there are some darker hues, like you can see them in the black, back of the mat here, but it was kind of odd for me to see that. Um, some people say like, oh, I don't like the monochrome. And I'm like, it's not actually monochrome. I don't know why my camera did that. 
Rodney says, will you ever release Wingspan Soundtrack on vinyl? Wingspan Soundtrack actually is on vinyl. Um, it's made by our digital developer, Monster Couch. They have a vinyl album available. It was uh, featured on our, our charity auction a few months ago, but I believe it's available for anyone to buy on the Monster Couch store. If anyone wants to share a link to that, I, I don't have it handy right now, but, but you're welcome to do that. Uh, William says, the shirt looks okay. I, I, that's, a, that's a fair assessment. He says, for me, the stream quality uh, seems a little slow, not super sharp, so I can't see the logo clearly on the stream video. Perhaps it's my just my fidelity. I, you know, and the size that I'm looking at the video, it also isn't all that clear. But looking at it right from this point of view, it, it's very um, sharp. It's a sharp uh, logo. Stormlight says, how much table space does four-player Wormspan take up? Those boards look quite wide. You know, I love that question. I should post that on the, um, suppose we put that in the back of the box. Let's see if we did that here. We calculated that. It, it's so different for player count because there is not a central board in Wormspan that, um, stuff to calculate but it's a good question the mats i believe these are i think it's 280 280 this way by around 480 i believe full so these are millimeters and so 280 480 you can see how that would scale up um i don't know the calculations off, off the top of my head but i will say that one of the things we did in Wormspan, one of the important things we did is instead of having a big board in the middle of the table, not that there is a big board in Wingspan, but in some of our games, there are pretty big boards that uh, that doesn't leave you much modularity for different table spaces or different player counts or orientations. Um, we kept things separate. So we have three separate boards that you need on the table. We have the, the, the card mat, the cardboard. Um, we have the goal board and we have the Dragon Guild. And so you can kind of fit these in on your table however you want. We really wanted to take table space into consideration with the modularity of these instead of having just one big board on the middle of the table. Um, also, I wanna, I wanna show you all, this is something that you may have seen in some posts. I've been posting a design, design diary post every day. In fact, there was one about the Automa solo mode today. But one of my favorite things about the game that we didn't really fully show off at the beginning is the Dragon Facts book. So instead of putting Dragon Facts on the cards in Wormspan, which we found is nice, and I'll, I'll remove it, is, is nice in Wingspan, but it does add a little bit of, I don't know, clutter isn't the right word because it's kind of uh, derogatory towards the, not, not derogatory, it, it doesn't speak well of Wingspan. But it does, if you look at the vision-friendly cards in Wingspan, they are easy to see the information you need to see than the ones that have the bird facts on them. So in Wormspan, we made, uh, Connie specifically, and Christine made this wonderful 32-page full-color Dragon Fact book. And for those of you who maybe struggle with the idea of having a separate book, this is included in the game, but a separate book rather than the facts on the on the cards. One benefit that you can think of is that uh, the text here is more robust than it could have been if it was on the cards. Uh, you can see there are some, some shorter paragraphs, but also a bunch of longer paragraphs that describe what is special about each and every one of these 183 different dragons. So. Um, I think that's an asset to having a separate book like this rather than having them on the cards. I'm really excited for you all to see the Dragon Facts book. I, I, I really, really love this guidebook. My friend Miles is joining us all the way from France. Miles is usually in St. Louis, but he is in France for, I believe, the week. David says that he grew up playing a lot of pond hockey, which inherently means a lot of playing outside in sub-freezing weather. Yeah, I would, that's, uh, that's impressive that you, that you were willing and able to do that, David. Nathan says, what is the card storage like for Wormspan? Uh, Dominic asked earlier, is there an insert? And there isn't an insert. There's just two trays. The card storage is just a plastic bag. We included a big plastic bag. We put all the cards 
all the dragon cards in there. Um, and then uh, other bags for, for other things. We try to keep the bags to a minimum, uh, but uh, include exactly as many bags that we need for uh, for holding the different cards in the game. The, the dragon cards, the cave cards, and the Altama cards. They're also reference cards, but you can put them in one of the bags that you have. I know some of you might look for a custom insert solution. That's fine. I think everything sets up pretty quickly um, in under five minutes in, in Wormspan. Pelogo says, will the size of the rubber play mats for Wormspan be mentioned on the website when it's available for purchase? You know, that's a great re request. Um, I will make sure to note that, that exact size on the website. Yeah, I'll make a note about that. Play mat size. I can look it up right now too, so you can know the exact size of those play mats. Let's see. So the play mats in Wormspan are. Uh, I'm looking through the quote right now. They are uh, 475 by 280 millimeters, and that's for all the play mats, the rubber play mats, and the so it was 475, 475 by 280. Uh, we'll make sure that's on the website and the web store as well. That says, how much miniature, how many miniatures game, or how much miniatures gameplay have you had? Star Wars Legion, Armada, X-Wing, Warhammer 40K. Can you remember any good mechanisms from those games? I haven't played many of them. Um, I played X-Wing, and this was a sign to me that maybe the style, the style of game isn't the style for me, even though I'm willing to try anything once. Um, I love Star Wars. Absolutely love it. And I think the miniatures in Star Wars X-Wing are beautiful. And yet the gameplay, I played it once, it just, it, it, this isn't a knock against the game design at all. It just isn't for me. I, it just wasn't fun for me to have the measurements and have the only goal be to destroy other stuff. And um, even though the choices I could see could be very interesting for a player who likes that, like how to maneuver, um, the, that just isn't, isn't fun for me. So um, I don't even remember my favorite mechanism in the game. It might have been tied to the ruler, because even though I didn't like the measurements, I thought it was clever that you could use a ruler in that way, which I think many of these games do. Um, what am I missing out on, though? Those of you who do play miniatures, tactical combat style games, what do you uh, what do you really enjoy about them? What's the favorite mechanism from one of these games that Chad mentioned? Star Wars Legion, Armada, X-Wing, Warhammer 40k, there are others as well. Dusty says, in my opinion, the reaction to Wormsman has been hugely positive. That said, did you imagine you'd have to add cash grab and reskin to the FAQ, or are you anticipating this possibility? You know, it's something that we talked about when we discussed the name for Wormspan. Um, cash grab didn't come up. We wanted the people to make sure we wanted to make sure people didn't know that it was just a reskin, which I think the box pretty clearly communicates by the fact that it has a different designer on the game box. Connie Vogelman is the designer of Wormspan. If it was just a reskin, Elizabeth Hargrave would be the designer on the box. So I think that's pretty intuitive. Also, it's a giant dragon on the box. Uh, I guess that does maybe make people think uh, this is different, but it's a different name. I, I think if we had wanted to convey reskin, the name of the game would have been Wingspan colon Dragons, and the designer would have been Elizabeth Hargrave. Um, but we didn't do that. So... Uh, that has been a little bit of a surprise. And the cash grab, that I, I don't even understand that. There's so many, I mean, every board game is inspired by some other board game, uh, every tabletop game. And there are many tabletop, game, tabletop games that are direct successors uh, to, to their previous versions. I mentioned the FAQ, like Pandemic Legacy to Pandemic. I mentioned um, Gaia Project to Terra Mystica, Frosthaven to Gloomhaven, uh, the recent um, uh, Great Western Trails. 
And maybe there are people out there that I'm just tuning out that are calling all of these cash grabs. But uh, but it it's, did not seem that way to me uh, when those games were announced. And yet, Wormspan has a, a number. Some people, enough people to catch my attention, have have said that because I do see all the comments on the YouTube channel. Um, many of them, some of them, not many of them, but some of them I do. Uh, you know, I have to have to move past them because they, I, there's. I don't know what anything useful I can I can get from having someone say that. Here it says, can we see the back of the player board? Absolutely. So here here's the player mat. Here's the the inside of it, and here's the outside, the outside of the player mat. Lots of great questions today. Let me pause for a second and see if there's any topics that I wanted to cover. I'll, I'll just do these really quickly. So. Um, I did write an article about Wormspan last week and the announcement process, some details, some stats about the Wormspan announcement. Um, and on Monday of this week, I wrote our annual article, my annual article about our process for choosing, not choosing reviewers, but working with reviewers and sending out review copies, thousand, uh, over a thousand review copies or, or con copies of games to content creators, content copies of products to content creators every year. Um, so you can see that article if you're curious about our process. That was on Monday. A lot of Wormspan videos recently. Also, this past Sunday, I posted my video about my top 10 favorite games of 2023 and top games in other categories, too. Like I mentioned, Santa's Workshop is my favorite new edition of a game. I mentioned uh, Role Player Adventures Gold Packs Secret as my favorite expansion. Um, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser as my favorite kind of mega gaming experience. And then I went through my top 10 of the year. Also ending with another Star Wars game at the number one slot was... Um, Star Wars, the deck building game, game that I've adored this year. Up there, too, were Earth and Four Shuffle and Spots, where I believe those are my, my top four that were really hard to figure out which order I wanted to put them in. That was a fun video to film. Sorry to spoil that for anyone, any of you who wanted to watch that, but you can still watch the video. There's a lots of, I'm talking, I talk about lots of games, lots of mechanisms in that video. Alan says, um, when can we expect Wormspan on store shelves? So the schedule for Wormspan is that on January 31st, we will have Wormspan in our web store. And it will also be in our fulfillment centers at that time, ready to ship, except for Europe. Europe's a little slow uh, right now, but uh, that'll Europe should catch up in February. Most orders should ship in February. If we get way more orders than we could ever expect, some of them might ship in March. The retail release, the worldwide English retail release, will be in late March. Luke says he prefers a heavier material. That's a good observation, Luke. The polo is a little bit of a lighter, stretchier. It is stretchy, though. Lighter, but stretchy. I asked earlier in the livecast, um, I asked, what do you think about the Stomar polo that we're testing? I also asked about what is the coldest temperature that you would choose to hang out and do an outdoor activity in? Julie says she doesn't love cold weather and avoid below freezing temperatures unless it's snow related and I'm properly bundled. I just don't warm up. I'm similar to you there, Julie. My, my uh, fingers in particular are always cold. My hands are always cold. And so I found that hand warmers, electric hand warmers really help me in the winter, especially if I'm playing disc golf outside. But sometimes even inside, I'll turn on a hand warmer and that helps. David says, what are the main differences between a designer and a developer on a board game? What are examples of different responsibilities they would have? Great question, David. So um, a designer of a game is the per typically the person who comes up with the idea, not always, but often. They are the person who does, who, who does all the work for the game. They create the first prototype they kind of turn that idea into something substantial. Um, they create the first prototype, they play test it, then they iterate, they make another prototype, they do it again. So they're doing this prototype iteration process over and over again until they have a fun and functional game. 
um, a developer, which is often a publisher, public, I'm, I'm the developer of all of our games, along with sometimes some other people like Elizabeth Hargrave for Wormspan. Um, the developer takes a game that it is already already works, is already fun, already functional, and they help to make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more functional. Um, and they focus on in, intuition and clarity, uh, like the rules, and they focus on balance, uh, make sure the game is as balanced as possible. Uh, the developer the developer also play tests the game. They also might look at some play test data, but um, yeah, I, I hope, hopefully that answers it. I, the, it's just that the designer is the one, they're really doing like the vast majority of the work and the developer kind of comes in and play tests a little bit and pokes at it. They ask questions, they give suggestions about how to make it more fun, more intuitive, um, more balanced and uh, more functional. Yeah. Garrett says, uh, Clementine's art is amazing. Can't wait to see more. She mentioned that she is was working on some other projects with you, and I can't wait to see what she has in store for Stonemaier Games. Yeah, I mean, I actually our first the first game that I ever got to work with on Clementine. I'll, I'll keep this coming up. Uh, is a game that we haven't even released yet. It's one that we worked on years ago, and then uh, it reached had some stumbling blocks, not due to Clementine at all, due to some other stuff. Uh, but that game is finally moving forward in a very different form than it originally was, and uh, it still uses Clementine's beautiful art. Um, and Clementine is also creating some new art for it too. Romaine says, when will we know the pre-order date for the Expeditions expansion? Uh, you'll know it when I announce it. Uh, I, I haven't announced when I'll announce it yet, but uh, but you'll know when I announce it. I know that's a bit of a cop-out answer, but that's you know generally the answer to, to, uh, to things that I announce here at Stonemaier Games. You'll know when I announce it. Um, I'll, I'll ask a few other questions here because I am falling a few minutes behind and then I'll try to catch up with some other topics here. Jerry says, what was your first exposure to Clementine's art that started the relationship? So actually my first exposure was I saw Clementine's art. I don't remember exactly where, um, but I saw her art of some famous superheroes like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man in her beautiful wa watercolor style. And I was like, wow, that's beautiful. I almost want to print on the spot of some of those, but I couldn't pick which one to buy. So if you look back at Clementine's older art, you can see this amazing superhero art of classic superheroes. Uh, Wendy says that Wingspan is her favorite game. She's really looking forward to Wormspan. Thank you, Wendy, for that enthusiasm. You can't go wrong with dragons. I agree. I mean, I, I love dragons, especially the type of dragon that we find in our game, Wormspan, where they aren't you know, big scary dragons that you're trying to slay. They're the equivalent of birds in this world, in this Wormspan world. George says, did you think about a, a difference in the t-shirt, something like for ambassadors, the logo to be stitched and for champions to be printed? This besides the color coding differences and other aspects. George, I would say for, uh, we're probably only going to do one polo. Um, so it'll just be a polo for ambassadors, not a polo for anybody else. So there will only be one version of it. That's at least the plan. David says, are the player mats in Wingspan larger than, in Wormspan, larger than Wingspans? They are, yes. Uh, so even though there are fewer columns, there are four columns, we have this extra space over here and this extra stuff over here. We kind of have uh, two, two areas over here. So that it is a little bit wider um, than, than Wingspan. I think Wingspans goes to around here. But that's okay. I mean, this could be as wide as 280 to fit into a box that is 296 by 296 millimeters. Ben says, excited to hear about the changes from between two turn abilities and other effects. I found that newer players often forgot them as they weren't paying attention to other players' turns. Yeah, um, that was my experience with, with Wingspan as well. 
Michael says, given that Wormspan has modular center boards, did you consider doing what Voidfall did and make, making recessed card holding boards that can easily be passed around? Well, Michael, we kind of did that, or we literally did that for Wingspan. And we found that, I found that no one actually passes that board around. Uh, I think it's great that if people do that in, in Voidfall, uh, and we certainly considered that sort of a tray in, in Wormspan, but um, the key for me is that just that the cards are easy to pick up. And so simply by having a two millimeter mat that you can get your finger under the card, it makes it easy to pick up. Um, and you can still pass that, that board around the table, but we just found in Wingspan that players weren't actually doing that. It hasn't, hasn't stopped us from continuing to make the mat in, in Wingspan though. Anthony would like to see a fact book for Wingsman too. We don't have plans to do that, but Anthony, I do appreciate that you like the the fact uh, the 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 style of the Wormspan fact book. I will say that there is a book published completely unrelated to Stonemaier Games, but connected to Wingspan artist Natalia and Anna. That uh, I forget the name of it. Let's see if we can find it on our website right now. Here, I'll, I'll turn on my other screen that has birds in it. Okay, so here is our website. Let's go to Wingspan. It might be an accessories. Let's see. Um, Celebrating Birds, here you go. Not a Stomar product. If you look for the Celebrating Birds book. Oh, here we go. Megan is so helpful. She has handed me the book, so I can uh, show you what it looks like. Here you go. So again, not associated with Stomar Games. It is associated and it does benefit the artist for uh, for Wingspan, Anna and Natalia. And this has, this is a bird fact book. Um, it's full of bird facts and illustrations. Has even stories from Elizabeth too. Elizabeth contributed a little bit. Um, so yeah, check out Celebrating Birds if you're looking for a bird fact book. Fax says, are the dragons going to have cool names like Fire Puncher and Burn Raider or will they have cutesy names like Cookie Crumbler? I would say somewhere in between. Let's, let's look at a few samples here so you can see. Uh, sample examples um so here we have the capricious venomous worm we have the mosaic guardian the kindly key serp uh, sea serpent the wealthy koi worm oh, i like that koi pattern on it that's really cool the hoarding flyer the primeval worm the keen cricket catcher i like the cricket catchers there are a few of them the custodial koi worm there's another koi worm the sharp-tongued spitter the friendly, friendly is in quotes, roughed red dragon, the wise antla dragon, and the Australia, I can't even pronounce that word, Dracus, and we're back to the venomous worm. So, uh, Max, is that the answer you wanted? I'm curious. And is, is excited about the Automa reveal. The decision cards seem much meatier than Wingspan, and the AI seems to be doing more game-like moves. That's the balance with Automa. We want it to feel like an opponent without giving you the um the burden of keeping maintaining the whole other player basically joseph says i accidentally spent way too much of the web store recently um i appreciate that joseph we try to make stuff so that it stays in stock for a while so that you can consolidate orders unless you really really want it right away but so i appreciate you supporting the web store um uh but we're always happy for people to consolidate too. Actually, our margins are a little bit better when you consolidate stuff than when you order separately too. So uh, if that maybe helps you remember it in the future, that's that's always something to think about. Jacob says, any update on future Wingspan expansions, Africa or other continents? So there are three continents remaining for Wingspan. There's Africa, Antarctica, and Central and South America. And wing uh, the, the 
update that I have right now is that Elizabeth is working on the next expansion. That's the only update I have right now. Julie has a question for Connie here. I don't know the answer to this one, Julie. What sources did you use for the Dragon Facts information? Because Connie wrote every word in this book. I think she talked to Clementine about some of these ideas. Clementine, I think, probably played a role in some of them. But yeah, Connie did a ton of research. David, uh, if da David is here, he's Connie's partner. Um, David might have an answer to that, or maybe Connie can chime in and answer that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Valerie says, is the writing bigger on the cards as a result? That's good for people with some visual impairment. I Yes, it's actually significantly bigger. Um, I don't have a wingspan card handy. Or do I? No, I don't. Uh, but the card is the same size as wingspan. And you can see how big this text is. We we, we So we were uh, typesetting Wormspan at the same time that we were creating the vision-friendly cards for, for wingspan. And so we put a lot of time and effort into that. Not going to be perfect for everybody, obviously, but we did put a lot of time and effort into that learning from Wingspan. Nick says, you shared Wormspan's big first print run, 100,000 copies, our biggest first print run for, for a game ever. With the overlap with Wingspan, are you... Uh, not exactly overlap with Wingspan. Wormspan is inspired by Wingspan. I wouldn't say there's an overlap there. He says, are you anticipating smaller future Wingspan print runs? In my work, I struggle to predict this cannibalization effect. I see what you're saying, Nick. Uh, you're asking a question that we've asked ourselves too. Will Wormspan mean, will the existence of Wormspan mean that fewer people buy Wingspan stuff in the future? And I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. I, we'll find out together. I'm curious myself. I hope not. I don't think so. I, I'm hoping that Wormspan helps more people discover Wingspan, and I'm hoping Wingspan helps more people discover Wormspan. I think they're good complementary products, neither of which replaces the other, but we'll see how consumers actually respond to it. Wendy says, is every dragon unique like the bird cards in Wingspan? Great question, Wendy. Something I don't say often enough. Yes, every single dragon in Wormspan is unique, has some unique elements. You'll certainly see some with similar abilities, um, but uh, all 183 dragons are different. All uh, cave cards are also different. I think there might be a few cave cards that are either very similar or do have fairly similar mechanisms, but all of the art is unique. There are a few cave cards. Let's see if we can find any any duplicates while we're looking through these. Um, there's a, The caves aren't named, and they might be sideways, because I did play with a few people the other day. We're going to rotate these all over the place here. Uh, man, every card is the wrong rotation. You can see all caves have a when played ability. These are things that you need to play onto your player mat to then place a dragon on your player mat. Uh, Clementine has some really cool art that she showed off on her website. Uh, showing what these caves look like together because it kind of looks like a long side-scroller video game. So we have some eco-friendly comments, which is one, or questions comments. Uh, that's one of the topics I wanted to mention today. Uh, Nate says, I'm hoping for a warm span. Warm expansion includes plastic tray. Ian says, speaking of bags and eco-friendly, I just played Scythe for the first time. I have to say the bags are terrible. They, te they tear so easily. Ian, you might have been playing, you were probably playing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're probably playing with our compostable bags. Our, uh, our like They look plastic. They're not actually plastic. They're made from, from corn material. And Ian, we, have, we agree with you. We think that those biodegradable um, compostable bags aren't working out, and we've stopped making them. So you've probably played a version of Scythe that has the, that style of bag. But one of the questions that I've been thinking about a lot recently, because people have started to notice that in the current printing of wings, uh, Wingspan, uh, and really printing is going back for about a year, but it's just showing up because people buy wingspan at different times. They're noticing that we use sugarcane pulp trays 
and sugarcane pulp containers rather than the original plastic containers. That's an eco-friendly decision that we made a while ago. Um, but it, it really brought, and people, I think some people think they're cheaper. They're actually about double the cost of, of their plastic equivalents, um, but they are far more eco-friendly. It's, it's a material that holds up for the purpose that they're there for. Um, and, uh, and yet they won't be in nature for hundreds of years. And they are made from renewable uh, and renewable sources like sugarcane, like trees, um, instead of plastic, which is made from a non-renewable uh, natural resource. So good stuff here. But the discussion that we're having right now, and this is the type of thing that I want to throw out to you, is there is a there is a balance that we're always walking, a line that we're always walking between providing the best user experience, which is really the most important thing to me, but also in a in a uh, uh, an industry where we are hurting the environment simply by making something. Like if you're producing a tangible physical product, you are hurting the environment, but trying to minimize that damage. We're trying to walk that line between the two, minimize this damage to our amazing planet, and also providing a great user experience out of the box for our games. Where do we draw the line between those two? That's an ongoing question that we're trying to ask ourselves um, and that we're learning as we go. And so I want to throw that out there. It, it, how do you think we're doing with that? How, how are you liking the way that we walk that line? How are you liking the way that other companies are walking that line? Don't disparage any other companies, but you can give examples of uh, specific things that you like that other companies are doing or are not doing. Let me know. Uh, we, we're, we're learning from it. This is a blog post that I want to write in the near future. Uh, I have a lot of eco-friendly related blog posts, but I want to write another one uh, in the very near future. Susanna, my coworker, says, I've been looking at how to make origami boxes for cards and bits this morning, so I might try to make some nice origami boxes for Wormspan. I think it would fit the aesthetic, and I totally agree, Susanna. Let me know if you figure out anything clever with those. Stormlight says, what are you looking forward to at the moment? Uh, they say January and February are often months that people want to rush through. Oh, I don't want to rush. The, the time is so precious to me for everything that I do. I don't want to rush through anything. Uh, they say, I'm looking forward to our traditional board gaming Super Bowl long weekend. I am looking forward to uh, football playoffs. I love football playoffs. My team, the 49ers, are in the playoffs. I'm excited about that. Um, excited about Wrexham right now. Wrexham won their... Uh, their their latest FA Cup game. So some sporting related stuff I'm excited about. I'm, I, I I don't mind disc golfing in the winter. I, I enjoy winter disc golfing. I'd rather be a little cold than too hot. Um, uh, and I don't know. I, a lot of the stuff is also just general stuff. There Actually, one thing I will mention is that I, there are certain foods that I gravitate to more in the winter than in, than in the summer. For example, ramen, Indian food, uh, Thai food, the type of food that with a little bit of kick that warms you up from the inside and uh, warm desserts instead of cold desserts. So like a warm chocolate chip cookie uh, that I'll call that my chocolate of the day. In fact, uh, chocolate of the day. Um, I had a, a, some good cookies this week sent by my, my mom. Um, so, yeah, a good warm chocolate chip cookie is one of the things that I really enjoy in the winter. I'm almost catching up on. Com oh, no, I'm still behind. Uh, I do want to I do want to mention one thing about before I forget. Uh, there, I have one other topic that I'll throw out there. Also, some games I played recently. Downforce, so Clover on tour, really enjoyed them. Um, I do want to throw out there that this coming Friday is my adoption day. It is the day that I was adopted as a little baby. And so I just wanted to celebrate this week and on that day in particular, celebrate all of you or any of you who are either adopted or have adopted um, a human or a pet. Pets are, you know, pets are choices that we make to bring into our lives. So, um yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important day to me, 
And uh, I just wanted to share that with you. So if you have, a, if, if you are connected to adoption in any way, just want to celebrate you uh, this week or celebrate together with you this week. Let's see, David says, this is Connie's partner, my favorite part about, about mini-based games is the potential for stories and memories. He says, I played Blood Bowl and remember specific moments, and it's easy to then imagine fictions about specific minis. I can see that. I, I think minis are one of those thematic elements that, um, because they're tactile and beautiful often, they, they, they trigger those memories or help us keep those memories. Didi says, I like X-Wing for the squad building. Oh, that's cool. I'm playing scenarios with objectives that don't rely on us destroying your opponent's units. That's cool. I didn't get that far into the game, but that's great to know that it isn't all just kill all the opponent's stuff. Steve says, what's my chocolate of the day today? I'm going to go with the chocolate chip cookie. I did have a chocolate chip cookie recently, although I have some fancy chocolates. Megan gave me um, a fancy chocolate just yesterday. It was It's a local honey-based dark chocolate that has coffee in it. And it has coffee the way that I really like it in chocolate. I, I don't like big coffee bits that get stuck in your teeth when you eat chocolate, but I like coffee that's really refined into the coffee so it doesn't get stuck into the chocolate so it doesn't get stuck in your teeth. So that's probably my chocolate of the day today. What do you what about you, Steve, and anyone else? What are you treating to yourself yourself to this today? Ian says, will you be revealing the Wormspan Rolling Realms realm in a design diary coming up, or will that be something separate? I actually have revealed it already, Ian. I didn't show kind of the full card, but I did show, I showed a picture of it a couple days ago. Maybe, maybe over the weekend. You missed it then? Uh, Andrew says, any new mechanisms from Wormspan that you would love to see designers play with and incorporate into other new board games? So my favorite mechanisms in, in Wormspan, they're particularly big and new to Wormspan, are, are the cave system. The um, the end of track benefits, the, the coin action system, which we can see in different games, gaining new actions in, in different games. Uh, the hatchlings, I really like the hatchlings, and the guild system. Um, oh, that's tough. I really like the hatchlings thematically and mechanically. The idea of a, car, of a card, a dragon in this case, kind of leveling up as you play. We've seen this also in Magic the Gathering. Um, but I also really like the guild. I like the, the, the modularity of the guild. I'll, I'll show you while I'm talking about. So the guild has a static board of benefits that you gain, kind of basic benefits, good benefits, but basic benefits as you move around. But then every half cycle, there's a modular uh, tile here. We have four of them in the game uh, where with some limited spaces of one time and end game powerful benefits that you can claim as you go around. I, I love the system. I love what Connie created here. It's so cool. I'd love to see something like that in other games. And there probably are things like that in other games. I think Connie mentioned some in a video that we're going to have come out soon about games that we love or we think you will love if you love Wormspan and vice versa. But yeah, those are a few things I'd like to see in other games. Uh, Rhino to go says, how did you land on the box art for Wormspan? I told a friend about it and they mentioned seeing it, but they thought it was fake due to the similarities of the Wingspan box art. It's, it's, you know, it's actually been a little surprising. That's been maybe the most surprising thing that people think that this is a joke. Um, maybe just from seeing the box. It's not a joke. It's no way a joke. Uh, I mean, we're trying to convey in this box that it's familiar to Wingspan, but different. Um, and I think the dragon does that. It, it, it's meant to make you think of Wingspan, um, but also show you that it's something different than Wingspan. The designer, Connie, different designer, that shows you that it's different. But we still want to remind you that it's familiar, so we say a Wingspan game. So uh, to answer your question, uh, the artist, Clementine, specifically chose this illustration for the box. Yeah. 
I'm a little behind on questions. So I'm going to scroll through and look for just for questions for a minute here. Dusty says, you've signed a couple of first-time designers um, through the years. Is there any way to prepare them for the highs and lows of public opinion? Is there any coaching support you provide? I do provide ongoing support. I try to send them update emails during the reveal process. And uh, coaching, I, I don't... I usually coach a little bit, but um, I think sometimes designers need to figure out how much they want to engage and how much they want to read uh, based on who they are. So uh, I kind of leave that to them usually to decide, do, do they do they want to read the comments? Do they want to watch reviews? I think that's something that you have to figure out for yourself. Yeah, but I do support them. So I usually send a few emails of support during the announcement process to let them know how things are going and just to show that I'm I'm there for them. Yeah. Chad says, I really love the philosophy behind restoration games. I also love restoration games. If you would ever design an old non-modern board game, so much older than Libertalia, what would it be? Oh, X-Men Alert. I love X-Men Alert. I, I love the idea of it. I don't know if I ever really played a full true game of it, but I love the idea of it. Hmm. Re redesign an old non-modern uh, board game. One that's uh, maybe, let's say, 30 years or older. Hmm. I mean, I often mention Scotland Yard as one of, my, one of my favorite older games, but I don't know if I would, uh, I wouldn't redesign. I love Scotland Yard. Key to the Kingdom was one that I really enjoyed as a, as a child, but uh, Ben and Matthew O'Malley, or Ben Ross and Matthew O'Malley have already redesigned it. They did, I thought they did a great job with it. Um, what are some other games I played as a kid? I don't know. Maybe I'd try, I'd try to look at Roll and Write and see if I could do something interesting with it. Oh, Matt, Ben and Matthew did that with uh, Key to the Kingdom. I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to think about that. I don't have an answer off the cuff. Uh, Nate says, I, want, I went to Meeple's Crossing based on your recommendation, and the only hoodie was the camping one that you have. Yeah, that's that. I really love that hoodie. I'm not big into camping. Well, it's kind of Meeple camping. I, it's, I see what you're saying, but it isn't. I'm, I'm not thinking camping when I wear it. I think more about the board game side of it. But, uh, but that's great feedback. If Meeple Crossing is watching, to let them know that they that you would like some other designs with that same hoodie from um, Bella Canvas is the company that makes that material. Nathan says, will we ever get the full reveal of the Rolling Realms promo for Wormstand? You will. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I am obscuring it a little bit. Um, but I will show it to you next week. Next week is when I will reveal uh, the full Wormspan Rolling Realms promo and the other two promos that, uh, that, that we're showcasing um it, it, on on january 31st so unrelated or spam but just we usually release them in sets of three there we go eric says maybe the solution to everyone liking different polos is to sell high quality iron on patches in addition the bg the board game community is a crafty bunch that's true eric yeah uh to give people the option of embroidered versus uh printed on that's an interesting idea there oh uh, dusty's repeating his questions uh, Paul has, so Paul has served as both a designer and a developer on various games. Uh, he works for Elf Creek. He says, the designer, the developer-designer dichotomy is so tough to manage sometimes. As a developer who's not taking a royalty, I sometimes don't want to do too much design work, which leads to wanting to only sign games that feel like they already fit what we're looking for. On the other hand, I very rarely see prototypes that I feel like are nearly finished. So if I want to publish games, I have to help have to help carry potential and develop the idea into a good design. I think the way I design, I, I develop as being a, let's see if he finished it somewhere down here. Got cut off there at the end, Paul, but I really appreciate that insight from someone who has served both roles. Uh, I've done the same. And yeah, I, I've tried to avoid falling into, not the trap, but um, if I'm the developer of a game, I 
I try not to be the designer for the game. I want to find a designer who wants to be the designer, who wants to actively work with me as a developer um, on an ongoing basis. Uh, and they're doing the work. They're getting compensated for the work, both upfront and through royalties. And so, um, yeah, and, and recognized for the work as well. I found in most circumstances where I have tried to do the design work myself as a developer, it doesn't work out uh, on, on any level. Um, yeah. Nick uh, Nick says that Heroescape is his favorite minis game. He loves the terrain system. So I talked about favorite mechanisms in uh, kind of miniatures style games. Uh, it not only gets around measurements, but in a lot of games, setup is a burden. Heroescape setup is like playing with Legos. So that's fun. I like that comparison. David says, if there's a conflict, perhaps where the developer makes a suggestion and the designer doesn't agree, how is that handled? Any examples from Wormspan? I would say a good designer-developer relationship is one where the developer does suggest ideas and ask questions, but it is ultimately in 99% of the cases, the designer's decision in the end. There are responsibilities that the publisher has, that the publisher is in charge of art, um, they're in charge of graphic design, things like that. And so the I think a good publisher will make good decisions there, but they'll also ask the designer their opinion along the way. Do they like how the graphic design is looking? Do they like how the art is looking? Um, do they like other, other product design decisions to get the designer's input because the designer knows the game so well? So, so there are some decisions that, that are up to the publisher in the end. I would say there really aren't any decisions that are up to a developer. I mean, developer is there to make suggestions um, and to discuss things with the designer. If the designer knows the game the best. I'm guessing that there, and also it's a publisher's responsibility to, to find a designer who is willing to hear that constructive feedback and, and consider it and try it. Um, if you have a designer who is not willing to do that, I don't know if that's someone that I really want to work with. Um, I want a designer who is open to at least discussing the ideas, at least receptive to them and willing to push back on them. If they try them, it doesn't work. But, uh, if you're in a situation with a designer who's just like, no, my way or no one, no other way, that just isn't someone that I want to work with. Um, yeah. Bugbear says, will Wormsman have a single print or normal and deluxe? Yep, it's just a single printing. We don't actually have, because we made so many copies of Wormsman, we didn't do individual numbering on the boxes. We did 100,000 copies in the first program. So there's just one version of Wormsman, but there are add-ons that you can add on on our web store and through retailers. The add-ons are the big, chunky uh, wooden resources and the metal coins instead of the shiny cardboard coins. So here are the metal coins. You can hear that, I think, right there. Those are some of the add-ons, as well as the uh, the rubber play mat, the natural rubber play mat. You can add those on if you'd like some deluxe stuff. Romaine says, will you make a complete rulebook like Scythe for Wingspan? We actually already did. There's a complete rulebook in Wingspan Asia for all the stuff that you need to know for, for playing Wingspan, except for a few little nectar rules. We didn't put those in, but everything else is in that rulebook. Uh, in Wingspan Asia. So we already have it. And, uh, we put a lot of work into making that complete rule book. Obviously, it's not all Wingspan stuff of all time because we have three more expansions to go. And so at that point, we'll decide what to do. Maybe in the final Wingspan expansion, we'll do another complete rule book that shows everything up to that point. But that's exactly what we did for Wingspan Asia. We put, put everything in that rule book that you need to know to play Wingspan Asia. Garrison says, have I considered selling the Wingspan pulp card containers a la carte? We haven't, Garrett. We've kind of moved away from doing a lot of a la carte stuff um, because it, it does add uh, a logistical uh, hassle problem. Um, 
if there's a lot of demand for something, we will consider it. But I haven't heard that much demand for those, those containers. Bethany says, what is involved as a Stillmeyer ambassador? How do you sign up? What is required and asked of you? And what are the different benefits? She's a Stillmeyer champion. That's a different thing, a membership program. Um, Stillmeyer ambassadors, they're just people who really care about Stillmeyer games and want to support us beyond the level of a customer. They want to volunteer in some way. Maybe they want to volunteer at a convention. They want to help proofread a rule book, or they want to um, play test games, potentially. They want to uh, be actively moderating comments online in different forums. Um, every ambassador chooses their own level of involvement. The, uh, the, there is a test to sign up as a, uh, as a Stillmeyer ambassador. We don't accept everybody. Um, and the first test for that is to find how to sign up for it. It's on our website. Uh, but uh, one thing we ask of ambassadors is, is that they kind of take an active role in finding answers to questions. Um, and so that's kind of the first test to find out how to do it. And it's not a hard test. It's easy to find. But, um, but yeah. And also, Bethany says, what's the reason for the player count is now is five instead of six? I know there's an obvious reason, something that you all toss back and forth, I'm sure. So uh, a lot of our games have, have capped at five. Wingspan caps at five, unless you add the Wingspan Asia expansion. And so since Wingspan capped at five, that was kind of the original thinking. We wanted a game that could play at least up to five. Um, some of our games, you're right, do play up to six. But for games that aren't simultaneous, you really need very short micro turns, I think, to justify uh, having a six-player count. Otherwise, there's a lot of downtime between turns. And in Wormspan, there are some pretty substantial turns once you fill in this, this player mat. So, uh, and, and also, uh, by adding a six-player, you do add more costs. You need more of every component, every resource, every uh, player-specific component, more more coins. So that adds a cost to, uh, to the overall game and to the price of the game that might price some people out of the game who are primarily going to play it at one, two, three, maybe four players. We do go up to five just because that's part of the Stonemaier philosophy. We want our games to be played at up to five. Um, but yeah, I would say the the added cost and price and also the added downtime in a game like Wormspan, when you go up to that, that six player, is something that, uh, that made us decide against it. I know I'm behind on some questions here, so I'm just going to scroll down a little bit. Uh, ben says, am I going to do cool bonus cards based on dragon types, like the name, body part, bonus cards in Wingspan? Um, def uh, good question, Ben. The bonus cards in Wormspan are built into other aspects of the game already. They're largely built into the dragon cards themselves. Like, there might be a dragon card that says, gain this many victory points for this type of card in on your player mat. Um, so instead of doing separate cards for bonus cards, they are built into the dragons. Uh, and I will note that... Uh, the two that you mentioned here are actually the two least localization-friendly cards in Wingspan, names and body parts, also historians, uh, because birds are called different things in different cultures. And even in the dragon cards, you might see these have different names in different languages, um, slightly different. They'll, they'll be inspired, I think, by the English, but different names. So names, I think, are kind of an off-limits category for doing bonus cards uh, for, for any game for us in the future. Okay. Oh, David has some insights about Connie. So this is about Connie's research about dragons. Connie read a lot of dragon books and info on lore from other cultures. She also crowdsourced ideas from friends. Uh, they aren't all serious. Some are dragon. Some of the dragon facts, for example, are narrative quips. And Connie says the algorithm flooded Connie for a little while with dragon-themed merch and high fantasy art for the not safe for work variety. I'm sure, David and Connie got a kick out of that. He adds Connie also tried to make the analog analogous facts to those. 
from real world, world taxonomy and those origin stories since the dragons in this world are like the animals, especially the birds in our world. Although I'm glad David says animals here because it's if you look through the dragon cards, you'll, you'll see that there are many like serpentine dragons, but there are also dragons that have feathers or fur. Uh, that's one thing that I think is maybe lesser known about dragon mythology and lore. There are dragons all around the world of different types that aren't based on reptiles. And so that's one of the reasons that Connie included milk as a resource in the game, because in this alternate reality where there are dragons, maybe dragons do drink milk. David says, can you line up the caves in the same colors to make a single image? You can. I, I can't do it on screen here, but you can do that. And if you look at Clementine, the artist's website, you can see her do that on the website. Uh, Molothica says, have you ever considered going the opposite direction and developing a lighter version of Wingspan and even a My Little Wingspan? Um, we have considered that. Yeah, it was part of the discussion when we started to talk about if we could or should ex expand the world of Wingspan in some way. Um, Wormspan is the first iteration of that Wormspan being a more complex game instead of a simpler game than Wingspan. Chad says, do I ever watch people's top 100 list? I must admit, I, I appreciate that, that some reviewers and content creators have fun doing those. I usually only watch when I get to like the top 20 or 10. Um, I know that's leaving a lot of amazing games out, out of, out of the list, but, uh, I watch a lot of content and so, um, I consume a lot of gaming related content. So I usually only watch when they get down to the, the, the lower numbers. Okay, I know I am way behind on comments here, but I'm skimming through, skimming through and reading a little bit here. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking for questions at this point because I know I'm so far behind, but I am reading your comments. I do appreciate your comments. And uh, I will also, if I miss anything, feel free to post on the video still, and I, I should be able to see it when it's posted on YouTube later. Dale says, how did you end up being a 49ers fan? Are you from there? No, I have no connection to California or San Francisco. It's just that when I started paying attention to football, I think it was in like fourth grade, the 49ers were in the Super Bowl against the Bengals, and I chose one of the two teams, and that kind of became my team from then on. I also rooted for the Rams for a long time because I went to college in St. Louis, um, and I also kind of rooted for the Redskins because a lot of my family in Virginia roots for the Redskins. But over time, I've, I've just decided that the 49ers are my team. Yeah. No, he had, Dale's reason was uh, they were, he, they, the 49ers were his team on Tecmo Super Bowl. I played a little bit of that as a kid. Carol says, what was the first game you played in 2024? Is there a 2023 game that you still really want to play? That's a great question for everyone here. There are many games in 2023 that I still want to play. Um, probably at the top of the list is the White Castle from 2023. Still want to play that. Um, first game I played in 2024. What was the very first game? I think it may have been. What was it? So I did play a game right after New Year's because we had a game night. Uh, I don't know. The games that I played this week were Down Force, Silk Clover, and On Tour. But I don't think there was. Oh, you know, I think it was Sleeping Guys, Distant Skies. I think that was the first game for me. We still have that on the table. Um, I'm seeing some other people celebrate Adoption Day. I'm not going to read these comments because they're going to make me cry, but I love hearing it. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing uh, the celebration of Adoption Week for for me. I love I love reading this. Really, it, yeah, that makes me happy. Um, let's see. I'm seeing a lot of comments. I am reading the comments, just not. I'm just kind of trying to get to the, the questions. Mr. E Game says, while I like the plastic tracer storing bits in the box, I would 
I make boxes out of cardboard, much like your charter stone boxes. Would you ever consider similar boxes, the tuck box style for Stillmeyer games? Tuck boxes are a good, I agree, are a good equivalent um, for storing components. I don't think, unless I'm missing some great examples, I don't think they're a great way of storing and aiding setup for games because with a container like this, uh, you can just take off the top and, and you're good to go to actually play the game. However, someone did recently point out that using trays similar to the trays that we have in Wingspan, the, the cardboard, the sugarcane pulp trays, that if we put a little sleeve over that, then they serve both purposes. They serve the purpose of displaying things on the table, aiding setup, but also storage. So that might be something we might be considering. Definitely more expensive that way. And also, one, actually, one thing related to this topic that I'm learning is that uh, consumer perception matters, right? Your perception of the components and the quality of the components matters. So uh, it, that's why it's been really surprising for me. Uh, not, maybe not all that surprising, but the sugarcane pulp components that we put in Wingspan now are twice as expensive to make, even more than twice as expensive to make than their plastic equivalents. And yet people think they're cheaper. And that perception matters, even though it isn't actually cheaper because they think it's cheaper, that perception matters. And so we're trying to take that into account and making decisions too. Um, I'll make a note about that because I want to put that in the blog post. I'm so far behind on comments. I'm sorry. Let's see. Uh, Rocky says, any feedback from Connie about how Connie feels about having her two games released so close together? I'm so happy for her. Um, I've I, The impression I've gotten from Connie is that she's excited, but David might be able to answer this better. David is Connie's partner. Um, let's see. Just scrolling through, looking for a few. Here we go. David answers here. It's uh, been kind of wild. She is an introverted person, doesn't do TikTok, Instagram, bigger step up than if she was already a content creator. She appreciates all the support. And I should note here that we do not ask our designers to market our games at all. Marketing is our responsibility. It is nice when a designer is willing to maybe um, write a design diary that I can use, write, write their story of the game that I can use in the design diary post. Um, it's also nice if a designer wants to talk about the game on social media, but we do not ask them to do that at all. And so um, hopefully, David, we've been respectful to Connie in this regard. Uh, I do appreciate that Connie didn't ask me anything on Board Game Geek, but that came from Connie. That was Connie's idea. She was she was wanting to do that. Connie also has said yes to some interviews and some chats with me too, uh, recorded on video for the YouTube channel. But um, I'm always okay if a designer says no. If I ask them something like that, I try to give them as many outs as possible. That is not their responsibility uh, to, to market the game. So, um, yeah, I try to stay aware of that. Dusty asked earlier about how we support designers, stay aware of designers' needs. Julia says, the Wormsman team has been so kind on Board Game Geek. Uh, oh, this is just a nice comment. I thought it was a question, but it's just a nice comment. Thank you, Julio, for, for sharing that. Uh, Ian says, what's the absolute minimum information that must be included in a sell sheet? Well, that's a big question for me going over time here, Ian. Um, absolute minimum, minimum information. Uh, write uh, briefly how the, uh, how the game works, the player count, uh, what the game looks like, your name, your contact information, and... Uh, three hooks for the game. Three big hooks that that might catch someone's attention about the game. Rolling Reggie says, what other games has Clementine Campetto does, done before? I believe, let's go over to Board Game Geek and look. Uh, I believe it's just uh, Floriferous, but I will double check here. Clementine, and I'll show this on my screen in a second. I can get my keyboard to type. There we go. Clementine. 
Campardo. I will show it on the screen now. Show this. Here we go. Clementine has done floriferous, delicious, and wormspan. See all five. Are there any other ones here? Yeah, floriferous, delicious, and wingspan are the other games that she's done so far. Okay, I'm a little bit over time here. Uh, Bethany says, when might the polo be available to Stonemaier Ambassadors? Probably in about two months um, if we end up making the polo. Joshua says, have I played Land Hunter, Turn the Tide on Board Game Arena? I haven't, but I'll I'll uh, make a note of it. Turn the Tide. I haven't played that one, Joshua. And I do think I need to go in a second. But thank you all so much for joining me for today's conversation. I really appreciate it. Obviously, I'm probably missing some questions here at the end. I almost caught up. But um, oh, Masco says, where's, where's my cat? Walter's sleeping on the bed right now. Uh, but if you have any other questions that I missed, or if I did miss anything, feel free to ask in the comments on YouTube. I will definitely see the questions there, and I'll respond to them uh, later this afternoon. All right. Have a wonderful day. I will see you next Wednesday. Stay warm. Take care. Bye.